Hi everyone, I'm Michael Tyson. This is Mobile Growth Podcast, where we discuss how to launch, grow, and successfully monetize mobile apps. We invite industry experts to learn everything from product to user acquisition and monetization strategies. And today our guest is Lorenzo Rossi. Uh, Lorenzo is a mobile marketing veteran with more than 10 years of experience in scaling marketing operations for multi-billion dollar companies. He worked with companies like Zalanda. It's a public e-commerce company with very large mobile app. Lovo, it's a popular dating app with more than 50 million uh, installs on Google Play alone. Free to move, it's a car rental solution with presence in more than 170 countries and many more. Um, now Lorenz is the co-founder of Replug, it's an award-winning European app growth consulting agency. Hi Lorenza, uh, thanks so much for, for joining us today. And like my first question, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and specifically Replug. What, what is Replug? What, what do you do? So first of all, uh, hello everyone. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much for inviting me. Very happy to be uh, your guest in this podcast, video podcast. Um, thanks for the introduction as well. Like uh, Replug, what, what is Replug? It's a mobile marketing agency. Uh, we, we like to say that we help companies navigate the app marketing mess because uh, it's becoming a, uh, a big mess lately. And we, we do 360 degrees uh, uh, app marketing activities from performance marketing, um, so user acquisition, uh, user retention, absolute optimization. We, we also have a fantastic uh, um, creative department to, to help our partners create the, the perfect design. And also we, we do consulting uh, in, um, for growth. We do consulting for MarTech infrastructure. We, we help companies uh, understand uh, what's important and what they need to do when it comes to um, up growth. Got it. And I know that you have been focusing a lot on helping companies, mobile apps specifically, build the onboarding flow. And I think this is a very interesting topic for most of our uh, our clients, our listeners. Uh, could you could you tell me a little bit uh, about uh, mobile app onboarding? And probably we can start like why is it even important? Why do you even need to have an onboarding in your app? I mean, it's a one million dollar question, right? It's um how much time do we have because we, we could talk for hours about this topic like, <laughs> yeah. first of all i think uh, you don't need a mobile onboarding but it's good to have a mobile onboarding right so you can do whatever you want with your app you can create an app put in put it on the store without onboarding and uh, it probably will get downloads and people uh, some of the people will use it but um I don't know uh, if you're familiar with the saying first impression last. Well, the onboarding, it's kind of uh, the first impression that the users have uh, uh, of your app. So you should ask yourself, what are those users thinking about my app during the first few seconds after the download? And this is like just a general explanation of how the uh, onboarding can be important for uh, uh, for a mobile app, of course, the benefits are um, are many and different, and we we like to, for example, divide them in categories: marketing benefits, 
product benefits. For example, you can um, use the onboarding to welcome your user in the app and thank them uh, uh, for downloading it because, I mean, the competition is fierce these days, right? There are many, uh, many options for every kind of application of mobile app. So already the fact that the user chose you is something that you should say thank uh, for it, right? So this is just uh, uh, one of the few, uh, one of the many benefits. Uh, another one could be uh, the explanation of the app. So during the onboarding process, you can definitely uh, explain what are the uh, unique selling points of your app, what are the main features, what uh, are the things that the user needs to do, right? During the onboarding phase, you can start, or you need to start, of course, asking for permissions because now there is, all these um, privacy uh, importance, like you need to request permission to do everything. You need to request permission to track the IDFA. You need to request permission to track location for for all the things. Like there is a there is a pop up from Apple for Android, and the user need to accept it. So, um, of course, as I was mentioning at the beginning, if you if the user downloads the app and there is no onboarding, you can just show this permission one after the other one, a permission request one after the other one. And the result could be good, could be uh, not good. We, we, we don't know. If, if instead we have uh, uh, a nice onboarding organized where we welcome the user, we start requesting permission in an organized way, explaining the reason and whatsoever. Like it's a different feeling for the user and uh, probably, I mean, we have seen with uh, many partners that the results are, are better in terms of opt-in rates, in terms of acceptance rates, uh, um, also so, retention. Yeah, sorry, sorry for interrupting, I think this is super interesting. So one of the yeah. like critical things uh, app uh, developers and app marketers need to do during the onboarding mm -hmm. is especially like specifically if we're talking about Apple's platform, they need to get mm -hmm. this uh, permission to track, to be able to yeah. attribute this user to marketing campaigns accurately. And yeah. it's like a system prom, uh, prompt uh, from Apple, but it's kind of mm -hmm. hard for end users to understand what is it for, right? It's kind of, it, yeah. it, it sounds like it, uh, the Apple be surveilling your activities and stuff like that. So probably, what you need to do there is to kind of provide some explanation, right? During the onboarding, like, why do we need this uh, tracking permission? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, there are always different ways to do things. And I, I see, I mean, we see uh, many, many app developers that just show this prompt, this um, system prompt from Apple right after the download. So the user download the app, the first thing that you see is the, pro the prompt that say, hey, do you want this app to track you across different websites and know whatever you do? So this is a bit scary, right? So, yeah, exactly. In, Sometimes, in, you know, when, in I, our... <laughs> when I see it the first time, I, I know what it is, but uh, when I exactly. see it, I think like, no, I don't want you to track me. Then I kind of think, uh, actually, it's, it's not, not exactly. a bad thing. So, exactly. So you can do that, but is it efficient? Maybe not. We see, we, we, tra we tried it with some partners. Like, it's uh, better if you, for example, add a pre-authorization screen, so a pre-page before to show the prompt where you say, hey, we are going to request permission to track you. We are going to request permission to know your IDFA. 
we do that for this reason. Maybe it's to offer offer you a better uh, user experience, to offer you better offer, this kind of thing. So we create a bit of uh, awareness. There are some interesting cases uh, that I remember one is um, from Alidas Fantastic. They even explain what is an IDFA, right? And this is something that we know. We work in the industry. You know what is what does um, what does it mean IDFA? But probably my brother, my mother, people that are not in the industry, they don't know. So if you create a bit of awareness, maybe your um, ATT acceptance rates will increase. The rate will increase. And some of developers are. Uh, kind of saying why is that important like what what do you care about having data uh, for uh, ios people it, it's crucial because like it's increasing the uh, the amount of data that you have about your users you can do better analysis you can do uh, retention analysis you can do cohort analysis right because otherwise you need to rely on scan and of course the amount of data is uh, uh, limited but i guess yeah. this is a topic for, for another time yeah, and, and, and I have a question here, actually. Uh, so a developer might not understand, let's say, that the marketer needs this, this information, this data. Mm -hmm. And the developer is the one who is kind of implementing the onboarding. So who is actually in charge of the onboarding flow? Because it's like it, it needs to involve a little bit of marketing, a little bit of like development product. Who, who, who is ultimately in charge of, of the onboarding? Well, uh, theoretically, the product team is the team that needs to be in charge because, I mean, the onboarding is, as I was mentioned at the beginning, is the first thing that the users see of the app. So it's part of the user experience and the product team knows about the user experience, knows about the product, knows about the feature that needs to be explained. In my personal opinion, I don't believe that this is enough. So the product team doesn't have all the, I want to say business uh, information that the marketing team has, right? Because the product team might not be aware of the importance of the ATT or uh, what kind of permission do we need to request first or what kind of informations do we need to get of the user? Because during the user onboarding, you can you can ask the user to give um, to give you many informations about them right so at the end of the day the uh, onboarding process needs to be um, needs to be something needs to be a common effort product team in cooperation with the marketing team so that all the aspects are like uh, are taken care uh yeah uh, that that makes a lot of sense uh and what should be like the KPIs? Do you have any specific KPIs or like recommended level, I don't know, of users who completed onboarding or what it should be? Um, so onboarding, again, in my opinion, is, um, is a complex, very complex thing. It's long, can be long, can be short, but in any case, with the onboarding, we are trying to achieve different objectives. So I don't think there is um, uh, a single KPI that we need to um, measure in order to understand the success of the onboarding. Of course, what you mentioned is interesting, like the onboarding completion 
it's something that can tell you if it's interesting, if it's too long, if it's too short. So you should always track uh, different pages of the onboarding, how many users arrive at the end. But um, through the onboarding, there are different phases, right? So there might be the registration, the registration process inside the onboarding. So one of the KPIs to track would be registration rate. Um, there might be um, the subscription process, right? So uh, you might want to see how many of the users that see the paywall in the onboarding then uh, subscribe or start the trial. But also I'm thinking about uh, some acceptance rate, acceptance rate for some permissions requests, like the uh, push opt-in, for example, the opt-in rate for push notification. It's something that can tell you it's a KPI that can tell you if the onboarding is well done or not. It really depends on the objective. It really depends on the uh, parts. Um, I believe that another thing that um, marketers and product team can um, analyze is the, um, I don't want to say retention rate, but maybe the people that uh, delete the uninstall rate, right? So because there are so many people that uh, just download the app, they don't get it and they delete it. So uh, the onboarding in this case can help the, uh, the users understand the app better and eventually decrease the, uh, the number of users that delete the app after the download. Uh, our, like, uh, our clients are monetizing with subscriptions usually, so mm -hmm. I guess the most interesting case uh, is uh like offering a subscription what what do you think about uh like paywall should should, should uh an app we that monetizes with subscription show paywall during the onboarding is it like uh a prerequisite or you can have an onboarding flow and don't offer subscription uh mm. immediately or like a trial immediately that's um that's a solid question right so i can tell you my personal feeling but uh, it wouldn't be relevant because um i'm a big fan of try before buy right so i would tell you like this that maybe it's better to uh, show the um, the users the app first but this is something that it's really crucial to test right so it cannot be based on feelings because usually um, putting the paywall in the onboarding helps conversion, right? So um, at the beginning of the onboarding, at the end of the onboarding, after the onboarding, this is something that needs to be tested and you see what are your KPIs like in terms of starting trial, in terms of subscriptions, because it really depends also on the product. Sometimes the product is so um it is so clear in terms of benefits in terms of usps that the onboarding really needs to stay the sorry that the paywall really needs to stay in the onboarding because like if you need to uh, pay for the app for the specific service that you know what it is like the onboarding needs to be there but in general we always suggest our partners uh, to test this kind of things and with the paywall like that there are really many things to test not only the position of the paywall in terms of uh, uh, onboarding before or after but also what you write on the paywall uh, different type of offers duration of the trial so 
as I was mentioning before, you cannot only analyze one KPIs because there are so many things to test that you really need to uh, you really need to take in consideration different aspects. Uh, and what what do you think about using a referral referral program uh, in mobile app and maybe mm-hmm. specifically for apps monetizing with subscriptions? Well, it is something that. Uh, what we see with our partner is that this kind of topic is or is is often um, overlooked. What do I mean? Like people don't understand the importance of referral programs because um, as an app, you have uh, a certain amount of users, and you amongst those users, you will always have some of them, a group of them that love you, that love your product, and that they would do anything for you. So those users are the one that can really uh, be promoters for your, uh, for your service, for your app. So it's um, what we always suggest to our partners is to identify those users and ask them to refer friends, to refer family, to promote your app. And the answer is that they do it. Like they do it. Often they do it for free. But if you offer some reward, like they do it even better, right? So referral program can be referral programs can be really powerful for getting free users at the end of the day because uh, you don't need you, you just uh, need maybe to offer some benefits, some uh, discounts, some uh, something that you would probably offer anyway, and then you can get users to uh, be promoters of your app. Of course, like. Uh, we should start from the the ones that are um, from the users that are really in love with your product, but then you can also extend the referral program to everyone. If if the referral program is good, right? If um, if you know that um, if you know that in your app there is a moment uh, where the users feel very happy about the experience, that's the moment when you should uh, ask them to refer you. For example, and thinking. Like uh, on a dating app, when you have a match, you feel happy. So I say, hey, you see, you got a match, invite your friends, these kind of things. But like there are, um, I don't know, for a, um, uh, for a delivery app, when you receive your order, the user would probably be happy. And then it's the time that you should ask for referral. So it's complex and needs to be, of course, based on analysis of your data but it's super powerful so uh i would do it got it uh do, do you have like any any other general advice or like what's uh <laughs> what works best uh what what like the uh less effort and the most uh gain if you can give such advice for mobile developers i'm for mobile developers i am that's that's it's a big spectrum of activities. I think um, also to reconnect with what we start with user onboarding, um, what we always suggest and what we have tested with our partners that is working very well, it's a simple thing uh, that is called pre-authorization screens. I mean, the usage of pre-authorization screen in uh, the permissions request, I was mentioning it before with the ATT request, but it's for, uh, it, it, for all the requests, right? For the push uh, notification of things, for 
any kind of thing that you request the um, the user to do. This is a simple thing to do. With a CRM tool, you can implement um, um, just a screen before asking for the real permission where you explain basically the reason why the user should do this action. In the specific case of push notification of team, uh, for example, this is, um, again, sometimes we see many, many app developers that they're just showing the prompt directly, a opt-in for push notification without giving any without giving any context. Instead, if you use like a pre-authorization screen, then you can say, hey, like now we're gonna request permission to send you push notification. This will allow you to receive offer, to be informed about your favorite topics, to do this and that. Do you want to do it or not? And then you have two buttons, yes or not. If they say yes, then you can show the official prompt. If they say no, you can just wait for another time because you get one shot, right? To show the uh, push notification of the, the official prompt. So again, I, I think it is a um, simple thing to do. And we saw with many uh, clients, with many partners, that it's increasing the uh, opt-in rates very much. Uh, got it. Uh, listen, Lawrence, I want to be mindful of your time. Thanks a lot for sharing uh, the expertise. How our listeners can find you online? Are you on Twitter, on LinkedIn? What's the best way to connect? Uh, I, they can find me on LinkedIn. And Lorenzo Rossi, I'm working for Replug. And they can find me on uh, Twitter, but my handle is uh, stupid. I chose it when I was like 16. So no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I you can edit it. it. I'm not sure, but I think you can edit it. Can, I, I should ask Elon Musk. I don't know. Maybe I need to. Pay for <laughs> it. I, I, I will. Okay. okay. Got it. And you are based in, in Berlin, right? So I am based uh, in Berlin. I'm based in Berlin, so if uh, you guys, if the people that are listening are in Berlin, we we can connect and we can catch up for a, a coffee. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Lorenzo. Uh... Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure chatting with you.